It's just past six, uh, 7 o'clock. And where else would you want to be on a Monday night than right here with Ira on Sports? True Oldies Channel, I'm Mike Balsamo. Great show on tap for you tonight, Ira. And it, it, it's kind of like a weird time. And a lot of people didn't even realize, you know, the Kentucky Derby was going on because of the NFL draft. But between that and... Aaron Rodgers and the draft. We had a really full sports week when really nothing was going on. Well, nothing's going on in terms of the other sports, but that draft was great this year. I was riveted Thursday night, Friday night. The ratings were through the roof. Everybody was watching. I had friends that were in like New York and said, but every bar had like draft on. People mm-hmm. were talking about the draft. It's 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 something that I told you I used to go to at Radio City Music Hall, and uh, it was not it was big deal, but it wasn't the deal it is today. They're going to have it in Las Vegas next year. They've been have a million people there at the draft mm-hmm. in Las Vegas when and everything's out and open. I think they had three hundred thousand plus in Nashville when they did it like in the streets. Did you try to go to Cleveland at all? No, 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 no. You no. didn't even <laughs> why you didn't want to go to Cleveland or you didn't want to bother. I don't know if I wanted to go to Cleveland as a Steeler fan, but <laughs> it's it's different. I like going when you were at Radio City Music Hall. You could listen to it. You could hear it. I when you saw what was going on in Cleveland, it's hard to follow what's going on because the music, they had concerts, they had bands. I think it would be distracting as a sports fan to be there at the draft, not knowing, like, it it doesn't, you don't hear, the. I like to hear the analysis. I want to hear what yeah. people say about the players and what's going on here, the trades. It seemed like it was just one big party, and I'm there more for watching the what's going on rather than the party. That's what I loved about going to the draft at Radio City Music Hall because they gave you earpieces and you could hear the television commentators. You could go to the NFL mm-hmm. channel, the ESPN channel, and follow that. It's funny. I was just talking to a friend about how I don't like to go to Super Bowl parties or anything like that because I want to watch the game. Right. I'm not there to party. I'll, I'll have some some nachos and cheese dip, but that's about it. I'm going to go home uh, once the game starts. Um, so let's get into it. There's a lot to talk about. And I don't know. You think it was kind of on purpose or just a coincidental, the timing of Aaron Rodgers coming out with a statement that he doesn't want to return to the Packers because this is all everyone's talking about? Well, I think why well, we want to spend time. So we, we have spent... We've heard the sports media talk about Dak Prescott and his contract. And we've been talking on the show we thought it was stupid. The difference between, are they going to pay him $30 million, $35 million, all this, whatever. They had no other options. They were going to bring him back. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of money. It was, it was nothing. It was a, it was a non it was a stupid issue, a stupid yeah. discussion. And, the, and ESPN spent a year talking about Dak Prescott's An contract. An hour a day minimum. <laughs> and it was just ridiculous. Then you got to Deshaun Watson. A little interesting in that, but the point is Deshaun Watson has never been MVP. Deshaun Watson won four games last year. Deshaun Watson is making this trade demand. And then right when the story got something, then you have all the issues that he has in terms of his massages, and that's just gone totally away. We're not talking about Deshaun Watson. And then Russell Wilson with Seattle, it's it's a big issue, but the issue mainly with Russell Wilson saying he's not happy, looks like he wanted to get more help, but Pete Carroll, they, they talked to him. And also because of his contract, as we went over, it's like a 45 million cap hit. There's nobody, no team could take the money and the Seattle couldn't have that. So Russell Wilson, Wilson might be a subject for next year because I don't think they're so happy with Russell Wilson anyway. And I think that could be a next year topic, but not this year. This like, my mom has a friend, and she's, like, 100 years old or something, and she always something says, that's juicy. And I'm like, well, it's not juicy like it's, like, a, like a, a love romance novel. It's, like, anything that's exciting is juicy or whatever, and this is juicy. This Aaron Rodgers story is juicy, and we I think we have some insight and some comments. I've been listening for, like, four days, and I haven't heard anything what I'm going to bring up right now, but we're going to talk about, about this Aaron. And I think this is worthy of discussion because it's just it's so cool about about the power that Rodgers has and where the Packers' power is and what is what is the end game of all this. Well, it's interesting. You know, he was 
mediocre kind of going into last year. He was throwing 25, 28 touchdowns a year. He was, you know, if you're a fantasy guy, he was like right around the 10th, 11th, 12th best quarterback. Then they draft Jordan Love move up in the first round for him and he goes out and has an mvp season his best season in five years maybe his best season so it, it's weird the timing of it but you, right now you have to look at him as being one of the three four five best quarterbacks in the league so he's got a lot more leverage than say a deshaun watson who great at throwing but like you said hasn't won anything and they're favored to lose the most games in the league in, in the in the nfl next year with deshaun watson so there's a lot more leverage here for aaron Rodgers. right and the people bring about Tom Brady. Now, this isn't Tom Brady last year when he went to Tampa Bay. This is Tom Brady three years ago. So three years ago, Tom Brady is upset with Jimmy Garoppolo being his backup. They drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. He'd been there for three years. They were either going to pay Rumors where Belichick wanted Garoppolo. Right. They wanted Garoppolo. And, but that's the difference between the situations. Bob Kraft, the owner, could go sit down with both of them and make it work. Trade Garoppolo and sort of soothe over Belichick and make this work out. At least bought him a couple years and bought him another Super Bowl championship mm-hmm. through the situation. And then finally, last year was like, now now Brady's 41, uh, 42, <laughs> like 42. So there's, it can't, it, it, it was too much to ask Kraft to go back to Belichick saying, endure this longer. I know you don't want him because it's like if Belichick would leave then, he has 10 more years. So I think it was a situation where it was just, Brady just outlasted and anything with, with thinking. But with Rodgers, he's 38 years old, so he still has a couple more years left. And the big difference in this situation is that the people calling the shots for Green Bay are not Pete Carroll for Seattle. And when we talk about in terms of uh, Deshaun Watson, his problem is with the owner, Cab McGare, really the general manager. He says, I want to pick the general manager. He's really upset with the owner. The owner's not going to fire himself. <laughs> and so you have that situation. And then you don't have Bill Belichick. And you don't even have Pete Carroll, as I said, with Russell Wilson. So the, the person, Brian Gutekinds, who is the general manager, he is doesn't have the gravitas that these other guys have, where it's like, oh, Rodgers are Gutekinds. People in Green Bay, it's like, Brady or Belichick? That was a big debate. Belichick's won mm-hmm. six Super Bowls. That's a big thing. Carroll's won Super Bowls. He's been there. He's making all the calls. John Schneider. But Bruder Gutekens has only been there two years yeah. as general manager. Um, and the other weird thing about this is that the Packers are run by an ownership. There are 360,000 shareholders who own 5 A lot of people don't shares. know that, that there's no owner of the Packers. There is zero owners. And and, and that's, it's unlike that it any other sport. No. Not in baseball, not in hockey. I mean, the hundreds of teams, professional football teams, nobody has a situation like this. There's an executive, seven-member executive committee. Now, since, and nobody owns more than like a percent of the, a couple percent of the stock. Um, 2007, Mark Murphy became president of the Packers. He's still the president. Now, he's sort of, and, and, and Ted Thompson, from 1993 to 2017, that's almost 24 years, Ted Thompson ran this team. Yeah. Now, Ted Thompson just passed away last year. He gave up the general managership role in 2017. That's when Gutekens came in. So, you're Aaron Rodgers. You're looking at this, and you're saying, well, I've been through this before. Because Brett Favre had been there from 92. Now think, from 1992 till now, that's what, 28, 30, almost 30 years. They've only had two, two quarterbacks. quarterbacks. The Jets have two quarterbacks within a week. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so for, there's just two quarterbacks. And then, so he's won a Super Bowl, MVP, all this other stuff. 
2005, Aaron Rodgers is drafted. Now, they didn't move up to draft Aaron Rodgers. It was the end of the first round. The four, he thought, Rodgers thought the 49ers were going to draft him, but they ended up taking Alex Smith instead, and then nobody else needed a quarterback. He was the second quarterback. Yep. He lasted to like 20, 24th. So for three years, he sits there, doesn't just behind. So you have Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre on the same team. And for the first year, my, after the first year, Mike Sherman was fired. So Mike McCarthy became the new coach. So And Favre stayed there two more years. And then he was always, every after the year, saying, I'm retiring, I'm not retiring, I'm going back and forth. He was a pain in the butt. Right, exactly. Because he wasn't like, oh, I want to be here. Like he was like, like Brett Favre was like crying, I'm going to come back, I'm not going to come back. He sat out one whole uh, practice that he wasn't there, didn't show up till like September. And <laughs> The Packers tried, and finally, the Packers realized, look, we have Aaron Rodgers. We've seen him for three years. Like, he's better than you, Brett Favre. Like, Brett Favre, we've had enough of this. We know how mm -hmm. good Aaron Rodgers is. He throws the ball harder. He's more accurate. He's more mobile. And he's not any of this drama that you are. So that's why they traded Favre to the Jets. So Rodgers saw that. So he was actually in one of these big quarterback controversies. I remember I was at a gym when I saw Rodgers' first game. I'm like, boy, that's crazy to give up Brett Favre for Rodgers. That's what I thought. But they knew what they had. Yeah. And he, None from that first knew. year, they, he, was, he, was, he was tremendous. And then 2008, he takes a starting job. 2010, he wins the Super Bowl over the Steelers, uh, 2011 MVP, 2014 MVP. And look, I have a lot of problems with Aaron Rodgers. I think he is overrated because people put him in the Brady category, and I think he has been a terrible playoff performer. As we saw, he's been in the last two NFC Championship games and lost both games, but he's lost a lot of big games at home. But still, you can't. he's been great. He's a three-time MVP. He set all these records, and he's, and he's a phenomenal quarterback, and he's won a Super Bowl. So then 2018, Ted Thompson retires, Gutekunst brings in. And uh, the other thing they did was that 2019, they fire McCarthy and bring Matt, Matt LaFleur in. Yep. So now you had LaFleur the last two years, who's done well, he's taken him to the team to the championship game. Mm -hmm. But it's not like the coach, this is different than Brady and Belichick, because Brett Burmer, Belichick was a GM, and he was also the coach, and he also won six titles. Matt LaFleur has won nothing. No. Nothing. But it doesn't seem like Rodgers has a problem with LaFleur, but he has a problem with Gutekens. And, and you brought the point up, was that last year, we're sitting there, we're waiting for him to draft, who in the draft, a he star needs wide receivers, receiver. He needs receivers, he needs stuff. Someone. And he goes with Jordan Love. You're like, Jordan, Jordan Love? And then people are like, who's this Jordan Love? I mean, <laughs> we know more about Trey Lance. Yeah, we do. Jordan Love went to Utah State. They're criticizing Zach Wilson for BYU. He went to Utah <laughs> State, who played nobody. You're worried about who BYU played. Played absolutely nobody, and suddenly he's sitting there, and he's just—he's just been there for this past year, and it's really upset Rodgers. Now Rodgers said it was upset at the time, but upset this year. But he went back this past year, won the MVP, had a, one of his best years ever, and made it to the NC Championship game, and with this great Packer team. And then everyone in the media says, "Oh, well, they haven't surrounded him with enough players, and this and that." What you have the best offensive line of football. You have Devontae Adams, who's considered and fantasy-wise maybe the yeah. first pick of the draft. Aaron Jones is one of the top running backs. Your defense is. Great. You added more in this draft. It's like you have the best team. Like there's mm -hmm. nowhere else he can go and like go to a find to a better team to play. It's gonna go to the Broncos. The Broncos are terrible. Yeah. So I think, and it's interesting with Rodgers. He was dating Danica Patrick, whose family was a big for two years, whose big sports family. Mm -hmm. And then he started dating Siobhan Woodley, who said she didn't even know, has never watched a football game in her life. <laughs> She's an actress in L.A. And whether that has anything to do with that. And then he's been in Jeopardy. He just did Jeopardy. He wants he to host Jeopardy. was the host of it. Did commercials. <laughs> he wasn't very good, by the way. <laughs> well, some people thought he was, some people not. He's been doing commercials. But I think the key to this entire thing is Jordan Love. Because no one has seen Jordan Love. 
No one knows anything. He played last year. He didn't play in a game, didn't take a snap. Mm -hmm. But one person, media hasn't seen Jordan Love play. But guess who's seen Jordan Love play? Aaron Rodgers. Every day in practice. Every day he sees him. <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers is like, so if Jordan Love was the next coming of Patrick Mahomes, Rodgers would know they can get rid of me whenever they want. Yep. They're going to want. But I think he knows Jordan Love is no Patrick Mahomes, and Jordan Love is no Aaron Rodgers. When yeah. Aaron Rodgers was Brett Favre. It's like, he's not impressing us. He was even the third string quarterback last year. They didn't even make him the second mm -hmm. string quarterback. And so I think you have a situation. This is a total power play. Oh, by the way, Gutekunst gave Aaron Rodgers a contract for uh, like a like $150 million contract, $47 million uh, signing, or $134 million contract, $60 million signing bonus. Just two years ago, Gutekunst is the one who gave it to him. Mm -hmm. Now, they have gone, after the season was over, they met with Aaron Rodgers? They said communication is communication. They supposedly met with Aaron Rodgers like 20 times. They flew out to LA, Mark Murphy and Gutekinds tried to meet with him. But now it comes out that Rodgers, and the day, like the funny thing is, the day of the draft. Like clearly he did this like three perfect. hours before the draft. Yes, yeah. I mean, he's like, oh, I don't, I was, then he was at the Derby. He said, I'm sorry it got out. What? You just taped Jeopardy like months ago and you somehow <laughs> kept out who won on Jeopardy. You know how to keep secrets. Of like, he purposely did this and he doesn't want Gutekinds. But in this situation, he knows that Gutekinds, nobody is saying, oh, Gutekinds, he's done so much for us. He knows he doesn't have any power. He knows that Murphy, who's the president and the executive committee, could get rid of Gutekinds. So I always said when Deshaun Watson said, oh, I want this thing, this thing happened, it wasn't going to happen because were, the owner's not going to fire himself. Like, the Comet Mayor is not going to fire himself. And they weren't going to get rid of Belichick. They're not going to get rid of Pete Carroll. But Gutekinds, this is a situation mm -hmm. where he might know, and he also knows this team is ready to win a Super Bowl. And Jordan Love, and there's no other quarterbacks in the market, and Jordan Love is not the quarterback to win this. They know he's going to be a disaster, so he feels he has all the power. He might actually get Gutekunst fired, and that's weird. That's what I'm saying. I, I wouldn't be surprised that if he was 28 and not 38, absolutely. Gutekunst would have been gone. You know, all you have to do is say the word. Since he's 38, I guess maybe you think, okay, he's got three years left. Like, But you're right. He's a GM. He hasn't really done anything. He did draft a cornerback right in his face in the first round. Like, you know, Rogers says, I need help. Says, says he wants to leave the team. What does he do? Draft a cornerback. So he's obviously not bending over to what Aaron Rodgers wants. Right. And I think this is what well, they got. They, they drafted Amari Rodgers, no relation to Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> in the, uh, in the, from Clemson, the wide receiver, uh, another wide receiver dad. But the team is set. But I am just so intrigued by this because the fact is Rodgers might have the power. Now, does that mean Bruce Rodgers want more money? Does Rodgers, but he might want Gutekunst gone. And not LaFleur. And it's easier for the team. You're not going to fire your coach, but a general manager. And I, you know, people who listen to him, when we talked about Deshaun Watson, I think this is completely different. I think he has a lot more power in this situation. You're like a quarterback that has a completely lot more power, has a fan base that's behind him, and there might be a way. These fans are going to be pressuring the executive committee. They're like, why are we keeping Gutekunst like over Aaron yeah. Rodgers for a Jordan Love? And if Jordan Love goes in there and he throws five touchdown passes and 30 interceptions. There's a terrible year. Then, then everyone is going to be gone. So this is a this is a power play, and this is like game of thrones this is the crown <laughs> this is a power play and aaron Rodgers might have sensed right now he has the power and people are like oh you can't tell the team what to do well I, he can i mean i think he might be able to and i this could this i just waiting to see how this works out i i think what you brought up is a really good point and Brett Favre knew Aaron Rodgers was good. And Brett Favre's really arrogant and wasn't ever going to admit that. But you have to think that Brett Favre sees him in practice. He knows, man, this, this kid's pretty good. Aaron Rodgers is not dumb by any means. He wouldn't be doing this. He, he saw himself usurp a, a legend in that organization. If he thought that Jordan Love had any chance of being 
even a above average quarterback, I think he would be a lot more hesitant here. But he must know that I see this kid's this move. I see his moves. Matt Lafleur sees it every day, and they don't want to roll him out here. So I have all the leverage here. And and, and the other point is, where's Aaron Rodgers going to go? Where is Oakland he? Oakland or Denver? I don't. know. The point is that. Uh, there's not a lot of options for him to go to. Now, is it New England where he wants to go? I mean, that would be crazy. But if in L.A., they have Justin Herbert and they have Matthew Stafford. I mean, the, the L.A. market is, is is taken. San Francisco just drafted Trey Lance. Now, I think that's why he might have floated that idea, hoping that San Francisco— Before the draft, would, yes. Before the draft. So San Francisco Packers, would say, pick. don't pick Trey Lance. Go pick what—don't pick Trey Lance in the, with the third pick. We Come trade for me. That was try, the first thing I thought. And that's what he was trying to do. That's why he let it out. But now— they're they're happy with Trey Lance now. Wait, would would and if you're Green Bay, would you trade Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco when you're? It's supposedly that's the team you're competing with. Those are teams two years yeah, ago. No, they're not. They're the top two teams. They wouldn't. We were surprised when when the Giants and the Cowboys made that trade. I, I just and I the don't. Eagles, Eagles trying to yeah. right, right. I just don't see that. I I mean I just don't I don't see him playing at Denver. Denver is not ready to win a Super Bowl. No. Why was he going to go to Denver and be? Eight and eight and nine or nine and eight on a team that has I just think that'd be crazy. They're not a skill team. You know, skill players are nothing like what he has. And even though Green Bay is not fantastic, they still got the best receiver in the league and a top five running. And back. also, he's a legend in Green Bay. Like the point is, there is something about staying in Green Bay, being that legend. I think it matters to him. I know that Peyton Manning left, and I know that Tom Brady left. But I think I think this is a total power play on Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers wants to stay. And this whole retirement thing, saying, "Oh, if you don't do something, I'm going to retire." It could be that. I mean, his agent was the same agent that did Carson Palmer. Now, Carson Palmer, a completely different situation. Yeah. Cincinnati, he retired. Then they traded in the middle of the year, went to Arizona, and he was a quarterback for Arizona. But they had Andy Dalton. There was a Cincinnati. This completely different situation. But it's the same. Is the same agent as in that situation. But I am. I am so in th- this is the one thing where you cannot talk about this more because I think there's so many and I think it's because of Green Bay not having there's no owner that can come sit in and say, look, I, this is what we want. There's, it's going to be these executive committee members and all these people that we, we don't even know who they are. And you have Aaron Rodgers and you have Brian Gutekunst, who's no one even heard Gutekunst talk to anyone. So this is why this is so exciting. It's 721. It's Ira on Sports. This is the True Oldies channel. Mike Balsamo alongside Ira. So let's talk about the draft. Ira. I, I, I thought it was a great draft. From a production standpoint, it was fun. It moved quickly. I think they, they once again, the NFL knocked something out of the park. I think the NFL knocked it out of the park. I think it was a good mix of the people that were there, and I love still calling people at their houses and and, yeah. and the enthusiasm, and, and I just love the, the dogs, like, in the room. It was so funny to see these dogs. Like, it seemed like everybody had a dog, and when the dog, like, everyone's jumping around, and when you know, everyone knows been around dogs, but everyone starts jumping in a room, the dog is like, what is going on? <laughs> this is crazy, and I thought that was fun, but I did. I think it was, I think the speed of the first round was great. I think we knew who the players were, and I thought the analysis I thought everything laid out, and there was enough drama that when they made the announcement, you didn't know what was going to didn't At the 49ers at number three, you didn't know what was going to happen, and I think it was neat. As much as we had discussed this, you were looking to see what decisions were going to make. And you know what's interesting about this draft is that I think a lot of it, it was one of these teams where you're questioning some teams' moves. But in general, teams draft, you're like, I, that made sense. It, like, it made sense for the team. We could see how it worked out. Like, anybody, for, as a debate point, it's like, well, you could argue that it was a great move for yeah. them, and this is a good situation. And as someone who follows college football a lot, like, I've seen a lot of these players. I mean, there's interesting, like, some of these wide receivers that got drafted high. It's like, well, like, what, Palmer from Tennessee. Um, he His quarterback in college was terrible. But now it, it's one thing to have like, have uh, Mac Jones throw you the ball. But if you're having a terrible quarterback, you have four different quarterbacks, maybe easy. he's going to be do better in the pros. So 
So I think it was neat. I think every team could have a point where we really drafted well. But you, you don't, you don't, we won't know for three, four years how they draft. But it seems like it was exciting from a point that that's why the hope. You know, it's beginning of the year. Everyone's zero and zero, and they're like, wow, I want to see how this player works out. This player, anybody could be great. Those type of things. It, it's interesting what you said about we kind of knew. Like you know, I'm, I'm watching with my wife, and she keeps asking me, who are they going to take? And I was right most of the time because we've put a lot of effort into this, and things kind of did fall into place where you knew every pick was basically two or three guys it could be you know so we we're just trying to you know use our um our skills there let's talk about it uh, trevor lawrence i think that was pretty much a foregone conclusion i kind of convinced myself ira after us you know doing our show and talking for weeks about the smoke screen that san francisco was putting up i thought the jets might have been doing the same thing and i wasn't ruling out the possibility of justin fields getting drafted second of course it wasn't it was zach wilson yeah, it was, and when they picked Zach Wilson, he seemed, uh, he totally, as I said, won the interview. It seems like he's answered everything right. Mm -hmm. All those questions about, I mean, it's people, he did all the interviews were great uh, and very enthusiastic to be there, ready to get there to win. Robert Salah, new coach, now a new a new quarterback. Uh, they're ready to, I, I, they're, it, it, the loss of Sam Darnell, it's like, if I think if he would have came, would have appeared uh, hesitant, nervous, I say, oh, it's going to two be from BYU, he's not ready for the big market. I, I think he seemed ready to jump. I mean, he seemed enthusiastic about going to New York. He looks small, though, Ira. I'm If I'm a Jets fan, I don't know. I think that Justin Fields, 10 years from now, we're going to be looking at it in a different light than we are Zach Wilson. But that's just me. And maybe because I'm a Jets hater. I, I don't know. <laughs> but so pick three came up. And me and you seem to be the only people in the media that were saying, there's no way they're taking Mac Jones at three. And even after the fact, I'm hearing national media members say, that's crazy they didn't take Mac Jones. Why? What has he done? And obviously, they see something in Trey Lance. We knew it wasn't Mac. I thought it was Trey or Justin Fields, and Trey Lance ended up going to uh, Mike Shannon. Well, we had his high school coach on our show, and it's a very interesting pick, and it's something they, they feel is, is through. he's thrown how many passes a couple? 370. The most, the least like amount that. of quarterback passes a quarterback's ever or thrown. snaps, I think he said. He snaps, and, and even the last couple games when he won, there was a, he won the National Championship game two years ago, running the ball th 25 times and passing the ball like 11 or 12 times. Um, it, this is definitely one of those. This could be a disaster. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, because he has no experience at all. And but the situation of going to San Francisco, sitting behind Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I the people who think he's going to. Someone said, "Well, he was drafted. He's going to start." There, I yeah. have. How are you going to start a quarterback who has more high school experience than college experience? Uh, there is no way when you're the 49ers think you're going to win the Super Bowl this year. The Chargers weren't going to start Justin Herbert until who knows, maybe after the bye, week ten, and he was picked uh, sixth. This is what I'd be concerned about with San Francisco because if he gets hurt, if Garoppolo should get hurt when he gets hurt, then what do they put Trey Lance in? And is he going to be ready? They will. And that's going to be a mess. And that'll be Could a problem. Be. So yeah. I think that that situation, but that they got, look, they moved up in the draft. We knew when they traded, made that whole trade with the Dolphins and everyone, we knew something was going to happen. And that's who they got. They got their guy. Um, it, it turned out interesting the way it was. Um, I do, I, I really liked his demeanor. And, and you know, like, I hadn't heard from him that much, but seeing his interviews and seeing him talk, I, I'm high on him. I feel like he's, I feel like he's got the right head on his shoulders to make it work. But we're gonna have to see uh, from there. Kyle Pitts, he's, he's 
a stud. I mean, I'm not upset with Atlanta taking him. I just think they should have went defense or traded down. Maybe they were trying to trade down, but regardless, that's going to be a really hard team to stop. Well, I think it's the same thing. The land is like the Steelers. I, all these people that want to rebuild, I'm a Steeler. I don't want to rebuild it. I want to go for it all. I want to. If this is our chance to win, I, I, I'm older. Maybe you get older. Like you want to try for it now. I, I do not want to rebuild. I want to go for it. These are my teams. I you think only they got have, three years left of Matt Ryan, maybe. Uh, right. You have Matt Ryan. Uh, you, you you have uh, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. You have this exciting offense. They think they're going to, this is, and, and you bring a guy like Kyle Pitts in, score 40 points in a game, yeah. worry about your defense later. Uh, Kyle Pitts is transformative. He's the highest, uh, I think no tight end has ever, high since 1960 that a tight end has been drafted mm-hmm. by the fourth pick. Um, we saw him in Florida. He was on, the, the, what's the problem with Kyle Pitts and defending him is that he's too big for a cornerback to, it, literally in, in college, these quarterbacks that are, he's you know, like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, these 5'10", quarter, they came in, no. there's no way to cover him. And when you put a linebacker on him, he's so much faster than linebackers, <laughs> there's no way to cover him. He's wide open. There were so many times when he, he's just wide, he's uncoverable, and he's someone who could catch the ball 10, 12 times a game. He's Gronkowski at age 21. He's Travis Kelsey, who's who's more athletic. I mean, whatever you want to say. He could be an all-pro day one. Yeah, and it normally takes tight ends a while to come around. You rarely see a, t- a tight end make an impact in his first year or second year. I think if we've ever seen one, it's going to be Kyle Pitts. Cincinnati had the choice here. It was go O-line, help um, Joe Burrow, or go with the best receiver in the in the draft who happened to play with Joe Burrow the year prior, and they made uh, the latter choice and took uh, Jamar Chase. So Jamar Chase, I, it was an interesting stat. You listen, you see these stats, they threw this stuff out. He has, he was, had what, 100 some, 130 passes caught in college. Uh, he did not play this past year. Zero from any other quarterback but Joe Burrow. So now he's going to Joe Burrow. I mean, clearly. And the other thing is, remember, Justin Jefferson last year uh, for Minnesota was the second wide receiver on the LSU team. Second. Yeah, he was the number two. He was number two. And he was the best receiver in the class. And he was not only the best, he was rookie of the year, offensive rookie yeah. of the year. So he wins offensive rookie of the year. And But the guy in college who was the number one is Chase. <laughs> so the point is that they're looking at the, why did they go over Waddle and Smith is that Chase is just, is they felt he's just stronger. He's as fast as they were. And he has the connection to Burrow. At, why not? I like the pick. I thought it was great. I know that they had Panay Sol, a potential offense lineman, but, and they're like, oh, that's a mistake. Burrow's going to get hurt. But but I think to get someone, I mean, the Bengals have had since AJ Green has been hurt for like the last five years. They've had that mix. I, I think this connection, I think it matters, and yeah. and I I think it was a great move. I thought it was a great pick. I for heard them. people talk about, and it, it does make sense. There's going to be this was a good tackle draft. There's going to be tackles there on day two. There's not going to be a Jamar Chase there on day two. Just looking at him, you know, what he can do. So I'm not mad at them for this this play. They gave their quarterback what he wants to. So I think this will work out. I think the next pick, I think the Dolphins were probably looking at this like, do we make a mistake by trading from the third pick? Because I think it was pretty evident they wanted Kyle Pitts or Jalen, I mean, or Jamar Chase when Penny Sewell dropped. They didn't end up getting one of those guys. I think there might have been a little bit of uh, buyer's remorse there for the Dolphins. I, I love Jalen Waldo. I like him too. So this is why I like him. So I'm at the national championship game, and you heard all this talk. Is Jalen Waddle for Alabama going to play? He's been out since the third game of the season. Has a hurt ankle, sprained, broken ankle, or whatever it was, torn ligaments. So he comes out in warm-ups, and he's like running around in warm-ups. Now he's limping around, but he's running around. And then he comes out and plays in the game. And then you see later, LeBron says, you're stupid to be playing. Patrick Mahomes, you're stupid to be playing. And he's like, I want to play football. Like, these are Mm -hmm. my teammates. Someone who comes out there and plays like that. I remember him last year in the LSU game. 
the fact is he has the speed. He's one of the fastest wide receivers I've ever seen. His hands are great. He's strong. And he played with Tua in Alabama. I mean, they were they were the same thing for Owen Chase. I mean, yep. we talk about that game. I, 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 Till I day I die, it's going up in that Alabama-LSU game two years ago. You had Jefferson was in the first round. Chase was in the first round. Terrence Marshall for LSU was in the second round. He was mm-hmm. just drafted by Baltimore. And then in the other first round, you had four. You had um, Judy and Ruggs, who went in the first round last year. And then you had Devontae Smith, and you had Waddle. So you had, you had seven wide receivers and three quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, and besides all the other players, and three running backs that were in that game. It was like a first-round galore from that one game. But I really love Waddle. I think this is great. I think he's going to be a, a superstar. I'm... I'm high on the Dolphins. I think they're going to. I think two is second. Too. I think he's going to improve. I think bringing someone like Waddle in. I think this gives them. They have Will Fuller, who they brought as a free agent. I think they have Devonte Parker. Make Devonte Parker uh, the third wide receiver out he there. Be like the, I hate him, but, yeah. <laughs> but the point is that they were counting him as a number one, and I think this is perfect. I love the pick, and I think I know that they probably want to chase their pits, and they were hoping one of them was going to fall. But I think they're still. I think it's still great. I do think that. How are you going to defend? Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle. I mean, they may not be the greatest receivers, but the speed is just... Will Fuller takes the top off of every defense in the league. Now you got Jalen Waddle on the other side. Mike Kosicki should be a fantasy stud this year, going over the middle, because he was good last year, and now they've got two serious weapons uh, to contend with there. But I do think they would have been happier if they stayed at three and ended up with Pitts. <laughs> yeah, and then and, and then seven, uh, Panay Sewell fell. So people, a lot of people, he was the line, offensive lineman from Oregon, the best lineman in the draft. Everyone thought where he could go, like two, three. Yeah. No, like, if this was a draft... Like, like 10 years ago, he might have gone first. You know, like one of those situations. It used to always happen. Yeah, where the offensive linemen and the boring, now it's like it's more, but he fell to Detroit. But with Matt Campbell, their new coach, he said, oh, we're going to be in the line. We're going to win the line. It made sense that the Lions are so far. Why not draft someone who is a cornerstone for a decade? Right. We don't have to worry about this for 10 years. (laughs) Because they have Jared Goff at the quarterback, and they have have so many holes to fill that this made sense for them to do there. And then coming up to eight, uh, I, I... I didn't think it'd be crazy for them to take a quarterback, but be, be seeing that they just brought in Sam Darnold. But obviously, they're committed to Sam Darnold. They went uh, defense with Joe Horn's son, JC. Yeah, from South Carolina. And I think the key was that they. Um, so one of the t- they talked about is JC Horn went eight, and Denver picked Patrick Sutain of Alabama nine. And the point is that they both played against Jamar Chase, and in the one game, Chase torched. Certain yeah. in that game that we saw, whereas they thought they never saw Chase was only shut down in one game two years ago, and by it was J. by J.C. Horn. Horn. Yeah. And I think that's so that's the one went eight and one went nine. It was because of that one game um, that made the difference, and I think that was like Carolina. Carolina a lot of they lost a lot of close games. They had a lot of things, and I thought that was like one of those moves where um, I did like with Carolina Matt Rule. It was interesting because he's a college from the college background, and it was exciting when he, he they taped Joe him taping calling the players mm-hmm. up, and he called like in the seventh round like the long snap. Effort. He's like, yeah, what do you want? He goes, what do you think? He goes, I don't know, coach. You know, I'm deciding where I want to go. He's like, no, we drafted you. He goes, you're <laughs> kidding me. He's like, well, you're crazy. You didn't draft me. He's like, yeah, I'm drafting you. And you can see they had a relationship, but he's back and forth. He goes, oh, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest. He thought he was calling for like a free agent. And But it's like, even when he called some of these other players, it was it was good. He was he was very funny, Matt Rule, from the former coach at Baylor. He called Chuba, Chuba uh, Hubbard from uh, Oklahoma State. He drafted, and he called him up, and he goes, I saw my wife wanted me he said, if I if you were available, I had to draft you. I want to keep my wife happy. So it was like funny. <laughs> uh, it's 734, Ira on sports. This is the True Oldies channel. I'm Mike Balsamo. So, Ira, this is where I will disagree with the pick. 
I don't know how Denver passed. I mean, maybe they were trying to work the Aaron Rodgers angle, but how do you pass on both Justin Fields and Mac Jones here? Did John Elway has wanted a quarterback the entire time he's been the general manager of that team. Um, he hit on Peyton Manning as a, as a free agent, but I don't know. I mean, Sertain's a fine player. I, I just think that quarterback would have been the move here for me. Denver and Washington and Pittsburgh were the three teams that you're thinking – they need a quarterback, and there's the three teams that didn't make the quarterback yeah. move. And I thought that was Washington with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tyler Henneke as a backup, Pittsburgh with Ben Rotzenberger and Mason Rudolph as a background. And to Denver, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater, and they have Drew Locke, but it was weird. You were, like, waiting for Denver to make that move. So I thought, that, now, they did have tremendous problems in the secondary, but that was, yeah, somewhere where you thought that that's where you thought Denver potentially would have been. Carolina had Sam Darnall. They weren't going to go quarterback. But I thought Denver was the place where you're waiting for Justin Fields to go. And, and it didn't happen. So I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm getting ready for the Cowboys to draft someone that, I'm, that I get to hate. And it says trade. And I'm like, oh, I wonder, wonder who they're trading with. Then it said the Eagles. And like, what who trades in division like that? But they did, and I, I don't know what Dallas's thinking was here. I don't know if they thought that the Giants were going to take um, – Michael Parsons and that they were just okay on not having him because I think it was pretty obvious that the Eagles were trading up for Devontae Smith. Yeah, the Eagles traded up and got the Dallas's third round pick. So it was a it was a it was a good move for Dallas. I guess it was weird what how that happened and trading in division was crazy. And I think that there was a, something from the war room for the Eagles where they showed when they drafted Smith that somebody somebody in the war room was not happy about that pick. Really, but. I love Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, uh, just caught everything. But the question is, he's so, like 167 pounds. Is he going to be able to withstand it? But the Eagles have had poor wide receiver play. Last year, they drafted Jalen Rager. He was okay as a rookie. Did you happen to see the video of the Vikings, like, laughing when they took Jalen Rager? They picked next and took Justin Jefferson. And it shows Mike Zimmer and them laughing at the Eagles pick. (laughs) (laughs) But they, they took him. They took Jordan Matthews three years ago ahead of multiple pro bowlers they've made a lot of mistakes with drafting wide receivers and this might be another one well or this could be great i mean Devontae smith was fantastic last year but the question is can he stay healthy if he stays healthy he gets open he has great hands uh whether that's gonna be good oh the other thing about waddle we're gonna mention is he was a, one of the best punt returners i've ever seen in college and you expect him to return these punts from miami so i think that's gonna be the, you know how special teams is very important for brian flores it's extremely important put waddle back there returning punts he could return two or three punts for touchdowns next no year. absolutely Absolutely. No, he, he definitely fits what they want to do. Next pick is the Giants. And Dave Gettleman, in his career, had never traded down. Uh, he would trade down twice in this draft. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Traded down uh, to 20, which was a little further than I wanted them to go backwards. But as soon as Chicago was announced as the, as the uh, you know the new holder of that 11th pick, I think we kind of all knew what was going to happen. Well, it's it's amazing that Ryan Pace, the general manager, I think he has rarely do, do, can you make mistakes on quarterbacks like once, let alone he's now sort of like now he's almost three he traded t- up a, three drafts worth of picks for Trubisky. Too. Trubisky, which was a disaster. Then he signs Nick Foles, which was a disaster. He's totally missed it, and yeah. now so he's now Justin Fields from Ohio State. They've traded up for that, and I like I, again. People are like, oh, Justin Fields drop, but I like the selection for him. I mean, it's a situation where they already have Andy Dalton as 
their quarterback, whether he's going to start and Justin Fields comes he probably in. Will. But I like. I think it's a good move. I think they. There, I'm nervous about Fields, but I could see how he does well in a situation like this. Uh, so, look, I'm happy that he went there. I think it's a good. Any, they think he'll work out. Uh, certainly, this is Ryan Pace's last chance. I can't imagine he would get another shot, shot at getting another no. quarterback. But, but so Justin Fields will be the quarterback with Andy Dalton in uh, in Chicago. So. Like I said about the the Cowboys here, I don't know what their thought. They must have had like four guys they liked. I think they would have taken a Slate or two had the Giants taken uh, Micah Parsons. But Parsons was there, and you are the person I've heard actually kind of criticize Micah Parsons. Everyone else is like, he's the next coming of LT, and I'm glad that I've got someone who watches as much Penn State as you who disagrees. I told you, I've said this before, I, I thought Micah Parsons came in as one of the top high school players in the country. I thought he was good as a freshman, but not great. I thought the sophomore year, I'm waiting for the superstar. And he had that one game in the, the, the Cotton Bowl against Memphis where he was all over the field, but I hadn't seen that during the whole year. So I was surprised by that. And uh, But he but he dropped. I mean, he's someone who sat out. And actually, people had him going like third and fourth and fifth, and he, and he, and he did ended up dropping to 12. But we'll see what the Cowboys, they're happy. I mean, they just saw they declined the offering to uh, Xander Esch, their other, their, uh, Van Der Esch, who's their linebacker, who gets hurt all the time so they're trying the, the the cowboys just went defense 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 and the defense was terrible and that's so. what they had to do i mean even Dak. the great thing about them you talk about Aaron Rodgers. rogers Dak prescott says don't draft any offensive people we have enough just well, draft well, on defense. I, I, I kept hearing that jerry jones wanted kyle pitts right and it's right. like do you need this guy <laughs> like you it's another team like atlanta you guys score 35 40 points a night you can't stop anybody um so michael parsons that could end up being really good for them next pick up Chicago, uh, the chargers and i think everyone knew Rashawn Slater was going to be the pick there. Super versatile interior and outside uh, offensive lineman. I think that was a slam dunk. They got to keep uh, Herbert upright. Well, the Chargers had some problems on their offensive line. To bring Slater in for Northwestern, everyone loves him. They think he's great. I mean, people think he's better than Panay Sewell. Yeah, so to get some to have, and that's what they needed. They have the wide receivers. They had the. It just seemed like that for that that position. I think they were ecstatic. I, that, if I remember correctly, that was one of the fast like one of those picks where the pick is in, like it was in like in a <laughs> yeah. second. Like they knew they wanted him immediately. Mm-hmm. So the next pick was the was the Vikings. And rumor came out, not rumor, reports came out today that Vikings were going to take Justin Fields if he fell to 14. He didn't, and I guess they didn't see anybody of value there. The Jets made a power move, traded up, and grabbed uh, Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, which I think I wouldn't have necessarily traded up for him, but I think it's a great move to do. Well, it's something that in terms of getting, look, now you trade up because now you have Zach Wilson as a quarterback. Then you bring your more up, help the offensive lineman. The criticism with Sam Darnell is they, don't, they didn't do anything to help him. And yeah. now they're, you know, if you're Sam, you're like, well, they didn't help me back there. <laughs> Bringing Corey Davis, draft two, two Right. Linemen. So they, so I look, I love what the Jets, I thought the, I thought the Jets had a, had a, an amazing, great draft. They I did. thought that was great. And that was and trading for an offensive lineman from USC was, was very, very good. So Ira, I know you're not um, super into memes like uh, me and our producer, Mike Marone. But there's a popular meme of Bill Belichick just sitting back sipping orange juice. And anytime something like he masterminds, that's what the internet posts, is this picture of Bill Belichick just sitting there sipping his juice. And I think that's what happened at pick 15. He was sitting there hanging out, knew Mac Jones was going to fall to him. He didn't have to trade up, and he got his quarterback. I love that. I mean, again, not Good all for these, both of them. these other teams. I mean, I think, it, and, and Mac Jones, it said it cost him like $15 million, But when he was selected, he like went, re, whispered to Goodell, this is where I wanted to go. A perfect situation, and I think Cam Newton starts, and they're going to see. I mean, this is what their chance. I think the only person was Garoppolo, and I think if you're Belichick, you're like, look, Garoppolo gets hurt. We've seen what he has. Let's just bring him in. Let's do this, and let's have that. So. I, I think 
what Mac Jones does fits Bill Belichick and vice versa. I, I, this was the, the connection that they wanted to make here. Um, going to 16, Arizona comes up, and I didn't know that much about Zayvon Collins, but this guy might end up working out. Well, he's supposedly from Tulsa. He had no, nobody offered him a scholarship. But that's one thing. We hear about the five-star recruits and five-star whatever. This is even Collins. Nobody won him. It's Zach, Zach Wilson for the Nets. No, Trey, Field, Trey Lance. He couldn't even get a Division yeah. I scholarship. Here you have all these players. So you see these. It's, and that's why Alabama, I think, is so great. Because they actually have players that are five-star that go there. They get drafted in the first round. And you have schools like Penn State. I can tell you all the five-star Penn State recruits. Guess what? They're not on honor. Any, they weren't drafted at all. Yeah. So it's like it's, it's, it's these players that go to these schools. And, and, you, and that's why when you draft someone like from Tulsa, you're like, you think he's going to play hard. Like, this is it. I heard the interview, like, when he was like, this is it. This, he's so pumped and so excited to play. This mm. is the biggest thing. It's um, it's, it's definitely a little bit of a shock. And it, it took us into our next pick, which I don't know what Gruden does. I mean, he must – he falls in love with guys. It must be what it is. He's had some really questionable draft moves. Took Clellan Farrell over many other highly rated defensive ends. Took Henry Ruggs when there was, um, you know, so every single wide receiver on there. Henry Ruggs did absolutely nothing last year, whether that's coaching, quarterback, or whatever you want to call it. But he takes Alex Leatherwood, and he was not super high as far as tackles go. Probably could have traded down for him. You know, the only person who had Leatherwood in the first round that I saw was Charlie Campbell from <laughs> WalterFootball.com. Who, who we're going to have, have on next, next week. Yes. A little, just a little summary. We're not going to go about like 10 minutes with him, but I want him to have, but he was all, he said that Leatherwood's going to go out and he was the, the, from Alabama. He uh, had Leatherwood as his third tackle and that's, he went as, as the fourth tackle. So, I trust Charlie Campbell, I think, more than John Gruden, so maybe this will work out here, right? Yeah, five out of 17 first players were Alabama players, which yeah. is just amazing. Um, next up, and I love this uh, love this pick for the Dolphins. They needed—this that team doesn't have that many holes. It sounds weird to say that about the Dolphins, but grabbing Jalen Phillips right from across town at the U, great pick here. Remember, he was at UCLA— had back injuries and other injuries, retired from football, then comes back to Miami and has the, it played great. And I think this is a look, this excitement, putting this on defense. And you know what Miami's trying to do. But again, Waddle earlier and then and to go with Jalen Phillips, two picks in the first round. We were wondering what they were going to do with those picks. We thought offensive linemen could have been one of them. But I think that, look, the Dolphins did great. They had a great draft. This is uh, Jalen Phillips. Is a, if he stays healthy, it's going to be an impact defensive lineman. So I didn't know much about uh, Jameen Davis that Washington took next. Uh, linebacker from Kentucky who is all over the field. Washington, if you look what they're trying to do, their defense with Jeff They're going to play D. They are. <laughs> it's going to be loaded on defense. I mean, they're one of those teams that just, just like, keeps getting better and better and better. We saw them against when they broke. Remember, the Steelers run undefeated. The Steelers go in there and the Washington beat them. But Washington's defense and I, the fact that Washington, that's a situation where, like, where you're waiting for them. They have a 40-year-old Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick to, uh, Highland Key as a backup. They, they're going all in, too. They're doing the same thing that Atlanta, the Steelers. I mean, they're like, we're not wasting any picks on any of these other quarterbacks. We're winning it right. We're trying. And that's, and you're just like, you're crazy. But I'm high on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I'm like, go for it then. He, he's going to lose you two games a season, but he probably wins you four. Right. So it, it, it could go either way. And I think they're, they'll definitely be in the market for it next year. So the Giants traded down to 20, took, um, took Tony from Florida. This kid, it's kind of like Jalen Waddle Light in the special teams all over the place. Excellent hands. He didn't drop a single ball last year. I'm really high on uh, Kadarius Tony here for the Giants, and I know that David Gettleman is too. Same thing, and they can use him as a punt returner, all yeah. this excitement. And I think that's the one thing is that you bring him in there and just give uh, Daniel Jones a target. They already have wide receivers. Again, 
I, some people didn't like the pick. I did. I liked Tony. I thought he was great. And I think it's, again, you're seeing all these wide receivers drafted. There was 17, almost every team had a drafted wide receiver in the first three rounds. It's because teams are like what Nick Saban said. Nick Saban used to be a defensive-oriented team, but I think it's like we have to go offense, offense, offense. We have to put points on. Now, some teams are defense. We saw with Washington being defensive-oriented. But the point is that I think they're like, we cannot have too many wide receivers on our team. I wouldn't want to be like the second or third wide receiver on a team because we had, like, what we said, Sammy Coates on. It's like you could get bounced back there with some of these guys coming in there. Yeah, there's um, Dante Pettis is the sixth receiver now. He was a decent receiver for San Francisco. He's going to be a, a free agent, you know. So that that's a little interesting. One thing that I'm happy about with this, Ira, is Dave Gettleman has a thing where he falls in love with guys and will take them way before he needs to. So, I mean, he did it with Eli Apple. He was supposed to go in the second round. He did it with Eric Flowers at the ninth pick. He was supposed to go in the second round. Did it with Evan Ingram. So if you really liked Kadarius Toney, he actually traded down, picked up another first-round pick, and still got his guy. So as a Giants fan, I was happy about that. Um, this next part of the draft, we saw the running backs and the defensive ends start to go. we got just about 14 minutes left here. Who do you want to talk about? Uh, just like Steelers at 24, Nigel Harris. <laughs> so I just loved it. I love Nigel Harris. I, I, he's tremendous. The fact that he held um, a draft party at the homeless shelter that he that spent three awesome. years in, uh, amazing. I, as someone who watched every Alabama game the last two years uh, and every Steeler game, the Steelers have had no running game at all. Uh, people are saying, why are they doing this? It, it, we're win now. This is the Micah Fitzpatrick trading the first round for this is all in and this is great and he's a th three I mean for fantasy I, th I do think he's a top five or six pick Steelers are going to have him carry the ball 20-25 times a game he's going to catch six or seven balls uh, this is a perfect pick this is great I think he fits in he just fits with his attitude with the Steelers mindset I love that pick I actually love the Ravens got Rashard Bateman I'm nervous about that pick he's a wide receiver of Minnesota two years ago he was amazing last year he was in and out I don't think he was that impressed. I don't. I don't know if he was that. I think that was a mistake on that pick. Um, what's the other pick I wanted to talk? I about? I didn't like Travis Etienne to the Jags. You I love did him not as a like player. That. I like so, him as a player, but this team needs everyone outside of quarterback. They need every position. But I like you're taking it, a you're taking a running back here. Come but on. But I think you, he's. They drafted Trevor Lawrence. They drafted his running back with him. Yeah. And I just think that Urban Meyer is going to have this up tempo offense. They view him. They already have. Uh, they already have Carlos Hyde, who Urban Meyer coached at Ohio State and James Robinson. They already have two running backs on the team, but drafting another one, I think, helps. I think they want to be enthused. I, I just think they're looking for high-octane offense. I think Urban Meyer knows where he's going to fit in. He loved Travis Santien. Remember, he's spent this whole last two years going and looking at college games. So I, I just love that. I actually, as much as you hate the pick, I love that pick. Um, let's see what else I, I want. for James Robinson. That was great last year, and now he just lost his job. I like the fact that, again, jumping on the Jets pick second round, Elijah Moore, wide receiver yeah, for Mississippi. This is one thing. Mississippi had a lot of trouble throwing the ball. Look at Elijah Moore. I think he, he would caught more passes if they had a better quarterback and they just had problems. So I think, again, the Jets, they got the wide receiver. They got all the offensive linemen. They, they even got Michael Carter at, at running back. They, they addressed everything they're trying to do. Um, I liked... Uh, uh, How about Den the Browns? Yeah, uh, the Browns had a great draft. Yeah, the, or, when Jeremiah Omosa Komoro from Notre Dame dropped to 52, at, I mean, the Browns on defense, that linebacker was great. I love the Steelers' tight end. They drafted a tight end. You're like, why? Oh, Pat Firemuth yeah. from Penn State. Love that. Love that pick. And then uh, there's a guy. 
the LA Rams got Tutu Atwell from Louisville. He's like Tyreek Hill. And in that, Sean McVay in that offense, he could just have this tremendous year. I'm just waiting for something to happen. Then finally, and that's a team that doesn't really need receivers. They must have really liked him. They, I think that's, but I think he fits in with that type of type of thing. And then Tampa Bay finally drafted, then the other quarterbacks start to run. Tampa Bay drafted Kyle Pat, Kyle Trask. Yeah. Um, Great pick for them. It's just someone who's going to sit from Florida, might work out, might not work out. I think it's, it's, it's just a great situation. And then you saw Kellen. Now, Minnesota, this is the interesting one. They drafted Kellen Mond to Texas A&M. Kellen Mond is really, really good. He had a great career at Texas A&M. He's someone, if maybe if Kirk Cousins doesn't play well this year, he's someone, Kirk is only on there for this year and next year, someone who could, who could do that. And then Houston, Davis Mills from Stanford. Davis Mills was one of the top under, like two years ago, he was one of the top high school recruits in the country. Went to Stanford, was hurt, then got the COVID, all these other reasons with the Pac-12. Did play a lot of games. He could be great for that. And it's someone who could maybe start next year for, for the Texans. So I like that pick. Chargers got Josh Palmer from Tennessee. That's the quarter of the wide receiver I was talking about. Didn't really do well, but no quarterback at Tennessee. So I, I was expecting something big from him. Uh, but it was like, it's like again, uh, what's about the other picks I was talking about? And then Saints pick Ian Book, uh, the other quarterback. Yeah. So Could be the uh, successor to, to uh, Drew Brees on the line. Did you happen to see this? <laughs> so we know the Titans' first-round pick last year, Isaiah Wilson, played one game for them, got traded to the Dolphins. Dolphins cut him immediately. It just came out today that their fourth-round pick, Rashad Weaver, just got arrested for an assault charge. <laughs> so Titans, they've had some bad streaks. I don't know what they're I know. I so said it was in Pittsburgh, too, which it is just Pittsburgh. unbelievable to have the, the, their character choices that they're picking uh, or making mistakes and, and whatever from the, it's from the same franchise to have these two problems back-to-back, which is crazy because they seem not to have problems with their team, but, but it's uh, very, very unusual. So... Saturday, I'm at the uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club for the Kentucky Derby, and I'm there every year. And I usually will place bets for my friends. So I start texting a bunch of my buddies, hey, you want me to put a derby pick in for you? And pretty much everyone was like, the Kentucky Derby's today? <laughs> it kind of crept up on us with the draft and everything. It was just a little weird, but it ended up being a great race. Bob Baffert does it again, and Medina Spirit takes on the run for the Roses. Bob Baffert, he's won a seventh derby. John Velasquez, the jockey, it's his fourth derby winner. And he went off, the surprising thing, he was 12 to 1. Uh, Baffert's main horses were Life is Good and Concert Town, uh, Concert Tour. Yeah, Concert Tour. Concert Tour. He could, because of injuries, they didn't run in this. So the point is, he starts Medina Spirit. After he won, Baffert's like, I'm in shock that he won. But it's like, 12, it was like, I couldn't believe, I was waiting for him to lose. Like, all the comments, like, Baffert was more surprised than anybody uh, that this happened and uh, but it was like one of those races it was very at the end you had uh, I mean it, it was like he had um, second place in Santa Anita uh, Derby a bunch of other second places and a couple first but he really has it he, he was that's why he was a 12 to 1 uh, favorite he was only bought last year bought it for a thousand and then only in July for thirty thousand yeah, dollars claimer from a claim uh, the owner of the is from Saudi Arabia and another horse that he bought he paid 1.7 million for so he paid thirty thousand for Medina Spirit who is now worth like millions of dollars whereas the other horse he paid 1.7, never has never raced. Um, but it, it, they went down. The, it was Mad- Mandalu and Hot Rod Charlie were going down the stretch, and I think that's what people were waiting for. One of those two horses to pass. And I the, bet Mandalu, and I wanted it. <laughs> the question was, is that they didn't? People thought Medina Spirit is like that's not the one we should watch. We should be watching um, Essential Quality, the favorite. Mm-hmm. And Essential Quality was on the outside, and they're waiting for Medina Spirit just to stop running. And as Baffert said, he goes, "Look, he's a hard runner. He loves to run. He loves to race." And Medina Spirit didn't come back, and and. And then when the, they made their charges, but he held on. It was just a weird race because you're waiting for these other horses to pass. He literally led wire to wire. It, it was impressive. A lot of people, I do a show called The Backstretch here on Friday nights, all about horse racing, things like that. 
a lot of the guys in my circle think that there's going to be some some business brought on Bob Baffert. They think there might have been some kind of cheating. He's been caught before doping with his horses, and they just they can't believe that his fourth best horse goes out to win the Kentucky Derby, and none of the other ones did. So they do think there is some, some funny business here. And you brought something up to me, you know, because I'm looking at the list of who's going to run uh, potentially in the Preakness. We're looking at Medina Spirit, followed by Essential Quality, Concert Tour, Mandaloon, Midnight Bourbon. A lot of horses don't run in both. They'll just skip and go to the Belmont. So these horses, which you brought to my attention, probably is they think they can beat this horse. Why else would they be there? Right. I think it was one of those. It was remember Baffert's horses were justified. American Pharaoh that won the Triple Crown, and 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 he had five others that or four others that won the Kentucky Derby. I think they feel that Medina Spirit, smaller horse, but it's speed. I mean, certainly not in Belmont wouldn't be a favorite. But one of those things where they didn't really it's like we didn't realize that he was the favorite to win. Like we were they they were watching Essential Quality. They were hanging around. They they sort of. Maybe the jockeys gave this race to Medina Spirit to win until it was too late, and when they realized, wait, this horse is going to win this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for for the Derby, there's a uh, fifty thousand in attendance. They usually get one hundred fifty thousand people. One other point: Todd Pletcher, he had is a trainer. Four horses he trained by <laughs> the nineteenth. Four and nineteen. His highest was ninth. Known yeah. agenda who won the Florida Derby, but that's a pretty. I mean, he had four horses. In the, in I believe he's never won the, in twenty three <laughs> years. I think he's never won the. Kentucky I think he's going to have to start like ten horses and maybe try to figure it that way. <laughs> try to get half the field in there. Uh, Seven fifty four. Ira on sports. True oldies channel. Let's go to basketball. Ira, you had mentioned to me that basketball's got a serious issue, and then I heard <laughs> earlier today that there was a fifty plus point differential in a game between Oklahoma City and Indiana. Well, that was the ending score, but in the middle of the game was 67 points. Indiana Oklahoma City. Oklahoma That's City started a G League team, and this is what that I'm saying. This is a disaster, and these teams and the injuries uh, are awful. It is a mess, and I do think from a betting perspective, and I am not high on the favorites, the 76ers, the Nets, the Bucks. I, I, I just think they're not, and I think that la- the la- I saw the Lakers play Toronto last night. Toronto played, uh, had Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry, and they had five G League players. They had five players that don't play in the NBA. And the Lakers were terrible. They were awful. LeBron was was awful. He, then he got hurt in during the game again. Uh, Anthony Davis didn't seem like he wanted to be out there at all, uh, making mistakes. And it was point one point that Toronto was up 21 points. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm looking at the Heat. They're eight, they're eight, they're they're going to hopefully get the sixth seed because Boston lost. But they 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 now finally won the San Antonio Cleveland Charlotte finally got three wins. They played Dallas and Minnesota this week. They have then two games at Boston. Kendrick Nunn is playing great. Drogic coming off the bench. They're not using Elodipo. This guy Dwayne Dedman, who's been on seven teams, is 31 years old. He's sort of providing that rebounding. Like Dedman's out there, and I like players that say I don't want to shoot threes. I just want to do rebounds, move around, do those type of things. I'm starting to feel I like. This I, I just hope the Heat can do it. I'm actually liking Boston, but Tatum and Brown, their two stars collided yesterday. You don't want to have both your players collide. Uh, a team to keep an eye out for. The Washington Wizards are going to be like the 10th seed, but Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook have finally figured out how to play well together during the whole year, and they are, they've won eight of the last 10 games. They're playing great, and you have two of the best players in basketball. You can't put them... That's why I'm excited. Like, you could have in the West, in these playing games, you could have Golden State play the Lakers. Like, it could be as a, a win, a win or else game between Golden State, State and the Lakers, uh, but I'm excited for... I, it's, it's one of those things where I like Portland in the West, I like the Celtics in the Heat in the East, the Knicks are in there. I mean, the Knicks. Everyone's just waiting for the Knicks not to, and they're they're hanging in. They're they're in, they're in the fourth seed, sort of locked into that. So it's uh, the, there's only three more weeks of the NBA playoffs. So you brought up Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum scored 60 points this week, tied Larry Bird for the highest ever uh, in a game by the Celtics. 
Take a guess who was calling the 1985 game where Larry Bird dropped 60 points. I don't know who. John Sterling of oh, the New York Yankees. Uh, uh, they played the clip, and they're like, listen to who's on this call. And it's John Sterling. I had no idea he did basketball, but apparently in the 80s, he was the Celtics radio guy, which is just something I had no idea about. In hockey, things are finally starting to shape up, and it looks like our, Pan our Panthers locked it up. We kind of knew that they were going to lock this up for a while. Unfortunately... Unless they can get to the number one seed, which is there's only three games left, they're going to end up playing Carolina or Tampa. And these are two teams that they really have struggled with, especially Carolina. So we're rooting for the Panthers here, and hopefully we can get uh, maybe their uh, radio guy, Doug Plagans, or their TV guy, Randy Moeller, on as the playoffs get close. But I'm excited for the hockey playoffs. I think they're the best one, and we're, we're just a few uh, Well, the few people are going to play. That. Like, one thing is, everyone says, well, <laughs> the thing is that in basketball, I don't think people say, well, if the Nets stay healthy, if the Sixers stay healthy. Well, they're not going to stay healthy. They're not going to. The players are compressed. They're, you're going to be seeing a lot of these these NBA players. You're They're not going to stay healthy. You're going to have these teams, and really Oh, well, if they would have stayed healthy. Well, it's not would have, would have. But, but at least in hockey, you're going to see all the stars play. They're, they play. So I started watching golf um, more intently maybe like five or six years ago. And I'd always heard rumors about why Keegan Bradley's like the worst guy to play with and why you don't like to watch him on TV. And I didn't really get it. And then I started watching the Valspar. And I hope he's not listening. He lives in Jupiter. But it is kind of frustrating to watch him play. And he ended up uh, finishing a couple of strokes behind Sam Burns, who took this one down. Well, he, Bradley had a chance to win this tournament. Sam Burns, yeah, who was 94th in the world, Bradley. That's another problem with golf in, in these events. Um, when we're talking about NASCAR or the other sports, it's like some of these stars have got to play a little bit more because you can't have these events where you're going to have the 94th player in the world against the 135th player in the world <laughs> battling at the end. Um, but Burns hadn't won in uh, his first win he's, he's had. This year he was like third in the Genesis, but he missed the cut and lost every tournament. But what a win for him. And on the 13th hole, Bradley hit the ball in the water in a par three. Burns parred the hole, and then they were, they've been tied for like two, two rounds yeah. and then was able to hold off and, and win that. But uh, uh, but it was a good win. I saw Burns play when he played with Tiger here. They played a round together, so I fall into a hole for 18 holes. But Victor Hovland finished third. But Justin Thomas, uh, 10 strokes back at 13th. Bubba Watson, same situation. And Dustin Johnson. So Dustin Johnson is he's trying to quiet lately, huh? but he was 48th. He was 15 strokes back and he's still number one in the world. And that's what's so funny is that he's number one in the world and he hasn't won anything since the Masters, yeah. which is in November. And he's playing. That just shows you that these other golfers have not. I'm waiting for these other golfers to come up and take that yeah. number one. He stayed number one. It's just amazing. Yeah. That no Rory's one... fallen back. John Rahm hasn't made that move. He hasn't won anything. Nobody. None of those top 10 guys are challenging him at all for that number one spot. No. And then, and then Phil Mickelson missed the cut he says he's losing focus he's 51 years old he's gone two years from winning and and in the last nine months he has not even been in the top 20 ever yeah so this could be the end of uh of phil mickelson unless he's he's trying he's out there playing but maybe it's time for him to go to the senior tour you'd like to stay him he's he's such a character even he was saying he's getting bothered by the cell phone but it, like one time i think the cell phone went off when he was playing and he's like here i'm going to show you how to put it on silent and he was like <laughs> joking around so he's still, he's still he's, a great ambassador he's a great ambassador you just hope he you know it's like one of those things where he hopes he figures it out. Uh, what's up next for golf? Wells Fargo in Charlotte, then Byron Nelson in Texas, and then PJ Championship, which I hope could go to, in Kiowa. They have three weeks off, then uh, the U.S. Open in Torrey Pines, three weeks to the British Open. And then the Olympics is something to start to think about. Uh, the Olympics is going to be end of July. Um, top 60 players in the world. Anybody in the top 15 is in, but only four up from one country. So Americans only get four. And this is what's a weird tournament. Only 60 players in the tournament. And Justin Johnson's not 
veterans. You're going to have Justin Thomas, who's second, Shoffley's fourth, DeChambeau is fifth, Morikawa's sixth. Those four will get in. And then Patrick Reed, who's seventh of the world, is not going to get in. Webb Simpson, who's ninth, is not going to get in. No Brooks Kepka, no Jordan Spieth. But then you have other, these other, you're going to have like the 150th ranked golfer in the world because as the Americans, dominate this so much yeah. you're gonna have a lot of other there's a good chance for these golfers to win a gold medal justin rose won it last time but i'm excited for this for the for the olympics should be cool because i think you're gonna see this is justin thomas really wants to win this so this will be exciting i'm excited for that a few minutes left here and uh, let's talk a little racing oh well the f formula one was in portugal and it was beautiful to watch and that the course was they're like hills and they go around i just i i'm such a big f1 fan hamilton and verstappen uh the uh, verstappen drives the hondas hamilton the mercedes and bodice drives the mercedes also and it was like one of those where hamilton uh didn't was not on the pole for this race his teammate was but in the middle of the beginning of the race he passed both verstappen and and, and bodice and he's just the best driver i've ever seen like think how many billions of people drive cars in the world lewis hamilton is the best driver in the world like he is so good and now he's won two out of three races and uh it was it was good it was like it was like you could see the the pat it's hard to pass in formula one and how hamilton figures it out is really good so that was exciting and then nascar they raced in kansas and i i, I love catching the end of that one um it's now uh cow uh, bush won it's now out of 11 races this year there's been 10 different winners so talk about parody i mean this is and the winners that all won the races last year denny hamlin and Kevin Harvick haven't won a race this year. Uh, Hamlin's won great. Hamlin had the lead, and this was so exciting. Hamlin was leading this race, and he was looking back in his back because Kyle Larson was about to pass him, and Jeff Gordon goes, look at his eyes. You could see his eyes through his visor. So when he was on the straightaways, he was like looking behind him, but on the corners, he was looking for. He was looking at the corners so he doesn't crash, and you could see through the visor, and then he did crash into the wall and bumped <laughs> it, and then he he was knocked out of the race, and Kyle Busch then, then ended up. It, was, it had like the final lap reset for two and Kyle Busch ended up winning but it was it was it was like it was pretty, it was exciting race at the end and the fact that uh, it, I think the parody at NASCAR is great because and you get every week you get the stars who are racing as opposed to some of these other sports like NBA where no one does anything so Ira if you went to back to 2003 and try to see who had the most total war since 2003 which is it, wins over wins, wins above replacement yes. um, so it's basically saying how good you are the top player is Mike Trout. He didn't come into the league till 2011. So it just goes to show how darn good he is. But this might be his best best performance yet. He's 29 years old. He's eight-time All-Star, three times MVP. And the worst thing is he's been four, time, four times. He's finished second. Yeah. So he can have like seven. This, he can have like 15 when he retires. But he has, uh, this year, he has seven home runs, 16 RBIs, a 2.0 war. He's hitting four. It'd be great. I think Trout needs like a 400 year, something crazy to, to happen with him. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, he's having a great year for, for the uh, Angels and playing great um yankees seem to be writing the ship a little bit and cory kluber his last two starts looks like the cory kluber we know from the indians well yeah we the, the when they we'll see they play the Tigers. The Tigers it's have a 62-run yeah. differential. They are literally a minor league baseball team. They were the, the Pirates where I thought they were, but they are clearly horrendous. So the Yankees look dominant against them. But the Yankees go against Houston, Washington, Tampa Bay. Let's see if this right the ship. They did. The move they finally made was they demoted Sanchez's catcher, brought in Higasaku as the catcher yeah. instead. And I think that's helped in terms of they, Sanchez was just striking out. I mean, was, He's terrible. You're waiting for home runs and strikeouts. And he was just getting strikeouts. <laughs> and uh, but But it's like, right, now you're getting the pitch. Italian, who I, I thought was going to pitch great they, from the Pirates. He's starting to pitch well. They got a good outing from Kluber and also from De Garrett Cole. 
Uh, the Central's a little bit of a mess. We thought Minnesota was going to run away with this. We thought Chicago would be there. And it's the Kansas City Royals in first place. And they're another team that, like, you look down, p- people know Whit Merrifield. I think that's about it on that team. Well, I think Minnesota, 10 and 16, a lot of people had them go into the World Series. They're like, that was the team in the, it was going to be the Yankees. And uh, they're just a terrible start for, for the Twins. Um, going to the National League, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but you just think that Dave Roberts is finding ways to, to have this team lose. They are 17 and 12. The three and seven in the last 10 games. Um, they have lost over the last week, but they lost to the Padres in 11, the Reds in 10, and the Milwaukee in 11 innings. Then the other losses they had were by one run, one run, and two runs. And finally, on Sunday, they won 16 to four. They have the Bauer, Kershaw, Urias, and Bueller that have their 17 starts. 12 have been quality starts. They all have ERAs under three. They have the, one of the best lineups. His misuse, now they're going to lose Dustin May with a torn. But they have, yes. so what? They have four other starting pitchers that they could bring in. It, it doesn't matter. They're so deep. David and, Price is in the bullpen. Right. It's just Dave Roberts, just, he continue. If I see them run out of hitters, and what is he doing? He, he substitutes so early in these games, and then he leaves himself in the later innings without any pitchers or hitters it is ridiculous and it's just it's about he's it's malpractice by manager <laughs> and it would be i'm telling you if he gets fired i don't think he will get fired i don't I, I i but i'm telling you if he keeps doing this i think he could get fired milwaukee is uh, tied for the best record in the league at 17 and 11 in the nl central and they're gonna get christian yelich back former uh, former marlin he's played about three games they're gonna get him back um at some point this week so that team's gonna only uh, go from there and uh, we'll look forward to the mets they're about 500 what are you doing this week Nothing yet. I'm debating. Like, I would like to maybe I'll go with the Heat play the Mavericks on Tuesday. i like to see that game. They play the uh, Timberwolves on Friday, only two Heat games. But uh, but no, it's not. It's like weird. It's, there's nowhere from the golf. It's, this is a difficult time. Look, we had a great time here in Florida, a great run. But it, We're about to have playoff hockey. But I could go to Marlins. I could go to playoff hockey. So there's we'll definitely go and try to catch some of those events. We are out of time. On behalf of Ira, I'm Mike. Let's talk next Monday night. It's Ira And Sports. next week.